You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. Last week, Sid Talk, when I was saying to you how I hate it on the red carpet where they abbreviate movies all the time. So they're going, you go down the red carpet last year and they're all like, oh, Button and Slumdog. Well, I just, I was being a bit lazy just now. And I brought up IMDb so I can bring up my curious case of Benjamin Button page. And I just typed Button and it came up. Right. <laughs> so even IMDb used the uh, Button. Are you saying you're being lazy? And you, so therefore you're one of those people that you loathe? Or are you just saying that you're testing IMDb? I typed, I typed in the word Button because <laughs> I was being lazy. Um, and it came up, curious case of Benjamin Button. Now, maybe there's no other movie with the word button. Oh, please. There's got to be. And on a separate note, still to do... Obviously, we're reviewing the curious case of Benjamin Button this week. When Paramount sent us the um, <laughs> DVD... <laughs> well, First, let me just explain something about Mr. Ace Gully. There's something from his childhood. I don't know it. I've known him for 10 years, and I still am not 100% sure what it is. Something has made you have. And I'm not laughing at you because it's funny, because it's tragic, I know. <laughs> but something has made you have a weird... No, not weird. Uh, a somewhat irrational, but completely logical, fear of butt. <laughs> like, a you, can't have, you no. can't have them on your clothes. You can't uh. have them on my clothes, even though I have some and you just don't see them. You can't have them on like, <laughs> pillows. Okay, and so this you have, every time you see buttons, like a jar of buttons, you're like, ooh, this is like. So I can't imagine if there's a jar of buttons and somebody puts their hand in to get one out. I can't even imagine putting my hand in there. Okay, now continue with what you're saying. Anyway, so Par- makes it so Paramount sent us the Blu-ray and the DVD in a box. Um, so when I opened the box, there was sh- um, bubble wrap. And when he undid the bubble wrap, the DVD and the Blu-ray were completely surrounded by buttons. It was and I'm like, excited. It was I... like Paramount sending me. It was like Paramount sending anybody else a box full of tarantulas with a DVD in the middle. It's like a horse head in your bed. You're like, no, not so, the buttons. So, so now I'm, I get to start my own fresh jar of buttons. I'm very excited. And so last week when we did the unboxing live on the show where I unboxed the DVD, good job it wasn't that one. Oh, that would have been so much better. You would have been like, ooh, ooh. So this is... I salvaged the buttons, though. You didn't get a chance to throw them away. They're perfectly good buttons. So I'm going to put them on stuff. On stuff that you can never wear because I won't go near it. <laughs> okay. That is a challenge. Okay, so it's uh, Monday, May the 4th. It's uh, Bank Holiday Monday for everybody in the UK. Happy Bank Holiday Monday. And in the US, it's Happy Nothing. Mm, nothing. Happy uh, May the 4th. Absolutely. It's a nice, sunny, warm day. Uh, in, in this part of the country. And this is after the show number 68. This week, if you haven't guessed yet, we're going to be looking at the curious case of Benjamin Button, or Button to its friends. <laughs> no, I'm going to allow people to call it that. Uh, we're going to be looking at the Blu-ray release, and this is a 2008 movie. It was up for various awards. So. You know what? When people don't have the energy to say a small collection of words like the curious case of Benjamin Buttons, Button, what, what does that say about people? Come on. You were so happy. You added an S on the end. Exactly. I want to make it, to make it longer and bigger. So um, this movie will be released tomorrow, uh, Tuesday the 5th of May, on Blu-ray and 
DVD. It's from our friends at Paramount and Criterion. It's like it's a Criterion release, but it's a Paramount release. If that makes any sense, kind of like Armageddon. There's a Criterion release. Yeah, it's still a Disney movie. Yeah, because Criterion is not a movie studio. They just are the the classy DVD authoring. Some people. would say snobby. Hmm. Um. Not me, not no, myself, but I've can't. heard that said. Uh, so they do a damn good job. So you're going to tell us what Curious Case of Benjamin Button Curious is all Case about. Case of Benjamin Button is a movie based on a short story by F. Scott Fitzgerald. I believe oh, I can't remember the title of it now. Unfortunately, I only saw it in the extras, so forgive me. I'm not well versed in my literature and whatnot. But it is the question of what happened? What would happen if we were to age backwards? Be born old with all of the infirmments so it's called all the ailments and illnesses of an old age and then as you learn about life your body gets younger so therefore your knowledge that you gain by the time you're youthful you can put it to good use and this is a story about that about a man benjamin button born an old man and then as it progresses through his life getting younger and the sort of a very non-clinical look at it. It's not like he's amazing or anything to anybody. There's no phenomenon about it. There's no mystery. There's no explanation. There's no scientific research No, nobody ever tries to figure it, it out. No. is what it is. He has it. He is what it is. And that's really it. I mean, it goes through romances and tragedies and it's about heart and family and breaking your heart and life and death. A lot of death. Which I appreciate. Yeah, definitely a lot of And it's directed by David Fincher. <laughs> Thank you. And thanks for tuning in. Goodbye. No, um, so, the uh, Curious Case of Benjamin Button. I've been looking forward to this one because, obviously, we heard a lot about it. And we even sat through the Oscar ceremony without having seen it. Correct. So, every time they showed you a clip, it was like, oh, you know, that was one I wished I'd have seen. But... Uh, you're doing something really awful now that's putting me off completely. I'm sorry. Stabbing your finger into your eye. <laughs> I have like an eyelash poking in there. I had to yeah, get it out. That was. Do I need my own separate booth or something you so do. I can do private things? <laughs> that was freaking me out and just putting me off my train of thought. Anyway, um, I was looking forward to the movie because you know I'm also a David Fincher fan. I've like everything mm-hmm. he's done, um, and this is quite a long movie. Let's just say to people if you've. Got a short attention span. Might not be the movie for it's you. It's a it's an investment. Um, yeah, and it's almost three hours long, um, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. I have to say, um, I was a few people who've seen it who, I, who I've talked to told me that it was slow and boring. I disagree because it kind of flew by for me. I don't. I disagree that it's boring. It is paced. Paced, it's slow, slow pace, but on purpose. But that's a good thing. Yeah, you're dealing with the whole life of a person, right? And the the heart of the story is about the time of your life, how you use it, how you spend it. I don't like to say spend your time because then you, but how you use your time or invest your time. And so those, I don't even know. I can't think of a slow moment of it that I was thinking to myself, "This is slow." There no. are calm moments there are lots of you know glances and um kind of drawn out bits of performances that people might think is slow yeah well what i think about it is like other david fincher films particularly zodiac it's like 
super detailed. And Zodiac has got a long running time too. Um, but its story is told with great, do you know what I'm saying? Like detail. Mm-hmm. Like it is, it, and he's got an attention for detail visually too. Every every scene looks. This looks like an expensive movie to me. I'm not talking about the special effects, but the this ain't no Robert Rodriguez movie. The sets, and everything. <laughs> you know, it looks like money was spent on it. It looks art direction, all the rooms, everything feels like you're really mm-hmm. like you can almost smell that. Oh, house, total! Oh my know? God, yes, the house where he grew up, like the yeah. old people's home. I when because his mother, you know, in the story. Uh, lives in the basement. I could. I felt myself smelling the musty brick cement blocks of an old basement house. It was so weird because it was so. You were just so in it, and up close to everything, and so yeah. that's a good thing. So, you know, we, what we we don't want. It's not really one to spoil it because it starts off with its main thing, doesn't it? But anyway, um, what did you think of the Benjamin Button effects? Like how they made Brad Pitt. From an old man to a young baby. Well, I'm probably in the minority, but it was extremely distracting to me. It was obvious to me that it wasn't makeup or prosthetics. You know... Um, At a lot of moments when I was just like, are they kidding, really? They think this looks convincingly... You know, when it... With the rest of the movie, the, the authenticity of everything else, and then you plunk this old CGI head on an... It just uh, distracted but, me a you lot know, when of you first Not that it, I know what a person would look like if they were born old, but I'm just saying. The very first time you see it, I couldn't help but think of Gollum from Lord of the Rings. Those first, yeah, those first few like, years with the heads too big Like, for Gollum the body. was really good in Lord of the Rings. And it, you know, a similar kind of process. Um, but it was a fantasy character. Correct. So Correct. you can't relate to it anyway. So you think it's cool. Well, this was like supposed to be a real old man um, baby. <laughs> right. Starting with the old man baby. Mm-hmm. You can't relate to that because you've never seen it. And you you kind of know what it's like, like the special effects guy said, you kind of know what it's supposed to look like, but to me it didn't look like what it was. It was weird. It was. But it got better. Um, yeah. When he the, hit- the period just before he turns into Brad Pitt yes. for real. Where it's kind of like the I long actually gray bought hair. that one. Yeah. yeah, even though that one was still the same process, it just looked better. I think part of it wasn't though. The closer it got, because they used yeah. the CGI head like the whole first part of the movie, and not that you should be distracted by that, but you asked me, and so I'm saying it really distracted me. And it I did had, me. Often had it to did not, me. I had to avert my eyes sometimes. Yeah, but what I heard made me feel like a little bit embarrassed. Well, what I'd heard was like this is the best CG you will ever see. Like this is amazing. You will never question it nor anything now I went started watching it thinking okay I've seen a few clips and not really enough to get an idea but within two or three minutes of the very not the baby because the baby was just a baby Um, an old man baby that you know this looks like a wrinkly old baby I expected (laughs) that yeah but as soon as he was the four foot tall um, Benjamin Button old man in the wheelchair there was just something golem about it. It just wasn't right. The head, everything seemed right, but the, the head, head was too big, obviously, because it was. It was the way it looked, though. It, it sounds really it awful. Like we're. <laughs> it was. The way its eyes kind of looked, you and know. then when you see the process that they went through, you can see why putting all the separate elements, like an actual actor, with all the stuff on his head for later CGI, and then they do the, the, the latex 
head of Brad Pitt, and then you have him just doing things with that green paint all over his face where he just looks to the left, and he just looks to the right, and he looks down, and he looks up, and then they take those things and put them in. No. And now, if you just isolate one moment of it, and you're just looking at it, you'd be like, especially when we watched the extras and they showed the model that they'd done of his head as an old man. That was amazing. Now, why the, couldn't I have no problem with them putting that prosthetic on well, his face? One thing I would have, um, one thing I, I was thinking, I kept couldn't help thinking afterwards when we started watching the extras was because David Finch said didn't want to go with people with with rubber on their faces. I kept thinking to myself, well, I think that might have been better. I agree. If it was just Brad Pitt with prosthetics on him. Because prosthetics are good nowadays. You can make them look good. And then there would, they wouldn't be that disconnect because it really would be him all the time. I mean, you can say it's him now because it is his performance. Same as Gollum in Lord of yeah. the Rings. That's Andy Serkis it's a doing a performance. performance. But, you know, the, the CG is on top, on of, top of him. So, you know... I, I, can't I felt like, and it, should, it shouldn't have been as distracting as it was. That was the problem. And so I had to lose, I had to get over it. You know, it still kind of cropped up a lot of times. But I, I felt like there were a lot of moments, right, when in the scenes, it was almost intentional that he didn't say much or do much. Oh, and not, of not that move. As, right, because of that restriction. Because they knew we're going to have to be doing this in post Therefore, we're not going to have you be doing... I mean, he moved a couple of times in a wheelchair and... and uh, but other than that, the there was a lot of where, times where he's no. just sitting there and kind of barely moves his mouth when he talks. And yeah, he's supposed to be an old man and stuff, but... Not that you should be distracted, but it is one of those things that everyone was just raving about it. I was and, glad when he got to the part where he was uh, going to be... When, it, when he actually just looked like Brad Pitt. Yeah. Because then, I was a little bit relieved. And then... Obviously, after the fact, when he it starts getting younger, then they, they you know, how I was thinking, oh no, they're not going to use a kid's body and put a young, make Brad Pitt look young and stick his head on a kid's body CG. Well, they didn't do that. I'm glad they didn't do that. They just put him in the dark a lot, and uh, I actually that. that's one of the things. Um, <laughs> like, you notice he's in shadow most of the all time. the time, nearly. Um, and it's at first I thought, uh, have we, is this not set up right? Because I'm not, you know, there's too much shadows in this movie. I'm not seeing, I can't see. But yeah, I, I realized, well, first, it's set in a period where it was, you know, lots of gas uh, yeah. lights. So it was a moody, gloomy looking place anyway. But yeah, that was done definitely to hide stuff. And we have to talk, that Kate Blanchett did the opposite. I mean, she went from being extremely young, which we had to do, we had to do a lot of airbrushing. See, hers looked good. And she looked pretty but fake she a couple CG of times. Like uh, she looked pretty fake a couple of times. N- nearer the end she did. No, no, in the beginning, when they had her super young, when she very oh, first super ballerina. Young, yeah, yeah. yeah, I was like, whoa. Well, you know. was airbrushing the crap out of her face. But just her think about these, uh, <laughs> just think about that, doing that. It's, it, sure. When David Fincher said, oh, we were thinking about this would be a technical chart, it's an absolute... Te- oh, sure. In, in ten, fi- well, 15 years ago, you probably wouldn't be able to make this movie. The thing uh, well, is, not though, as good as this. when people are the way they are, and we've looked at Brad Pitt for, what, 20 years now, you're so accustomed to watching him age, and you're seeing we've seen Camp Blanchett saying 30, 20 years of acting in dozens of movies or whatever... And then you do something to them that's supposed to be so convincing. It just it doesn't always work out. Now, and her as an old woman in the bed looked just like an old woman in bed. There were moments from certain angles that looked a bit. Maybe those days they weren't quite as 
spot on with the... Because I think that was all prosthetic, wasn't it? Yes. It, okay. That looked like prosthetics, yeah. which, which I thought... Which led me to think that might have looked better on Brad Pitt. And she was talking. She wasn't moving much, but she was talking you know, the whole time. When, when, they, when, they put, when they make old men, prosthetic old men, in movies, though, it often looks weird as mm-hmm. well, doesn't it? So I don't because know if a there's young a good man. way of doing it. Yeah, there's no way to make... Now... If you just take his face and you look again at the model they made of him, that looks like what you could imagine him looking like in another mm. 30 years. But then when you put that with the body and the talking and it just... But getting we away, shouldn't be focusing on I'm that. So, well, I'm just about to say, getting away from the special effects, which uh, are good, I, I think. But I, I do think CG's got still got a long way to go to actually... This is really ambitious, and like some of the special effects guys say, it's like the holy grail of CG to create a human being that a human being would absolutely fool for being a human being. And they're right, because it never happens. You know when we say we watch Spider-Man and he does that funny swing, his mm-hmm. body just doesn't look right and stuff. It's because we're so used to seeing real people, that just looks funny. So, you know, I'm, I'm assuming like 20 years, whatever, when CG comes even more somebody's going to do it eventually aren't they where we look at it and go holy crap is that really a you know it's going to come but I don't think we're at the stage where you can what I thought was if they go to the trouble to make his whole head and everything fake and have him acting and putting it all together why not just have him do the role and then put him in the scenes but make him like you know scale him down (laughs) like a little big man like a little man you know what I mean? Like, it just seemed like... Because that's part of what made it so odd. The Wayans did it. Was the body versus the head kind of in a little tug of war all the time, but... But getting away from yeah, the... Yeah, uh, getting yeah, away yeah. from special effects, while... Uh, I, excellent story. I love I'm not story. a mega fan of the special effects, but I think... I don't think they were ridiculously bad. Oh, no. Because, um, the you know, it wasn't like, oh, my God, like, you know. But. I think the problem was the people saying how perfect it was and it got an Academy Award nomination all that kind of stuff and then you think but the actual story um taking that out of the equation the special effects um it it is good it's uh it's not got a lot of things to say it's more just on one point it's a little saccharine at times yeah yeah but it is about that's how life is people die you fall in love you get rejected more people die sad things happen you take a chance or you don't. You then, do something or you don't. And then you die. Yeah. that. that. <laughs> I mean, truly, that is what it's about. And I like that about the story. No, it there's no, it. like, big... No, you know, no, no, like, no, like, scientist trying to figure him out. No, or, exactly. You know. There's none of that. There's it's no just foe. There's everybody no... takes it as read that he's a person who's got this, that nobody else seems to have thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I was watching it, I was questioning it, thinking, okay, I'm trying to think about it in reverse. Like, say I was born, like, an old man, and then... It is weird. It's totally weird. Like, where he... does make for some interesting situations where he first has sex with a prostitute, for instance, and he's, like, an old guy, but really... Teenager. He's a teenager. You know, all those things are really interesting ideas. I think they were done pretty well. I can't help but thinking the book might be an interesting read. Maybe. Deeper investigation of that or I don't or know or less I don't know they didn't make it it was a short like story yeah. they said so maybe not see my problem with the concept as it is delivered to us is why if you're gonna go from old to young why would you be born the size of a baby 
and then grow to be tall and then shrink back down again to a baby. <laughs> like you say, none of that's explained. I know, none of us explained. And that's fine. It's just that that was one of those things that... You know that... <clears throat> you know the actual time where he came back at the end and and he was younger than mm-hmm. the, the, the main Brad Pitt that we see? The younger Brad Pitt. What did they do to him there? Just give him some streaks in his hair? Because I was trying to figure out they why... They highlighted his hair and then they airbrushed, airbrushed his face. Him. Yeah, I was trying to <laughs> figure that out. I was thinking... And I think that's one of those times when they did a little trick with the thing to make him scale down in the scene. To, to make, make him, him look smaller. like a young teenager. And he hardly moved in that scene. Didn't hardly move. He stood move there head. and the shadows were so deep. A lot of times he was actually from behind in about a one-eighth view, which was really weird. Like, oh, you could see that's, he was just side of his jaw. That's when I was thinking it might have been um, a Brad Pitt friend at some points. <laughs> but um, there's a lot of shadows in those scenes where... It's kind of like they got to that point and they're like, oh, God, we're sick of this crap. Let's just put him in the dark. Well, somebody <laughs> did mention about there being a, a, a very visible seam that they had to keep hiding. Um, and the scene where... There's a scene where he looks into the mirror and he's uh-huh. actually he's naked. His torso's completely naked and they said they had to hide it like right under his chin and then shadow it out. So I guess that was the thing. We're back onto the special effects. Yeah. Can't help it, but it's... I know. Obviously... Um, I think because what you said is very true. That the story is very straightforward. It is a romance and a it's life. It's not deep It's in a tale of a life no. where yeah. he lives a lot. And, you know, he's raised in an old folks home by a mother who dotes over him and loves him. And then he falls in love. And the only anomaly in the whole story is this going, you know. So you, I guess that is kind of like a red herring maybe. Is that what it's called? Because it's like a distraction from the real story, which is just live your life the best you can, and that's it. And, it's, and it mainly concerns, like, the yeah, you say it's, it's pretty unremarkable, the Benjamin Button guy. You know, he has some, he has an affair, he loves somebody, he loves his mom, and things like that. And there's one thing where he goes to war for a little mm-hmm. bit, kind of. He's kind of peripherally involved in the war. Right. Which is interesting, and it's there's an action scene involved, yep. which comes across really well. But apart from that, when some people... I had heard, oh, this is like a Forrest Gump movie. No, it's not, because Forrest Gump's like... Um, <laughs> he touches on all these everything. iconic, historic yeah, things. Like, yeah, like Forrest Gump's completely remarkable, whereas this guy is not remarkable at all, apart from the fact that he's a dude who's... So that's the point, isn't it? That... You make your life extraordinary. Yeah. That's it. Whereas end of, end even, of podcast. <laughs> whereas even at the end of this movie, I didn't feel like it was extraordinary. It was just a normal life. He loved somebody. Mm-hmm. He, there was nothing... He didn't... I mean, he fought in the... He mm, kind of yeah. fought in the war. He didn't even do that. Nope. So what I'm saying is, he was just a dude. He, he, he worked for somebody. He inherited something. He, and you know, that's this, just what life is. Yeah. We've all done things, been, been places. So that's why I'm saying the story isn't... It's a reminder, really, of just... Yeah, it's not... A st- and life. it's also not a kind of story where, like in Forrest Gump, you're rooting for the guy and you're behind him. Because there's not that kind of thing about mm. this. You're just going along with him, like, to see what happens. When you already know it's going to happen. Yeah, when yeah. you already know he's going to be a baby at the end and die, right? So, um... Maybe that's when people, you know, when I've heard people say, oh, it's slow and boring. Maybe that's it, because it's just. Because a life. it's so focused on people 
living and dying. It's just focused. You know really that's where that, you're going yeah, with yeah. everybody, really. And especially the fact we did. I don't. We meant he um, is born in a old person's home. Well, he's not mm-hmm. born in. Well, we don't want to give away all the details. Well, the beginning. It's the very beginning. He's delivered into an old people's home. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's death all around. Starting from the very beginning. But then there's also wisdom and a certain attitude about life. That's what, to me, that was a important factor. Is that he's growing up as a child, being perceived as an old man. So his mind is new. And yet he's surrounded by all these people who, as he describes it, they've moved on from all the dramas of life. And they have they've now are settled into concerns about the weather and how warm lunch was and stuff okay. like that. So he's learning really big life lessons right from the beginning and then has to work his way backwards through youth and, you know. Yeah, one of my favorite um, things um, was where he, there's, in the old people's home, there's a young girl who's there. How old is she? Ten. No. She, she's, she kind of sees something in him. Like, yeah. She knows, like, you're not really old, or you know, I and she plays with him and stuff. And where they where they, they go underneath the table at night to play, I'm not talking about play that they just play him underneath, like because ch- he's actually a child and so is she. Yeah. And then there's that they get caught under the table, and then he's given that little scolding as though to say like, "You're a dirty old man." Yeah. But he's not. But he's not. Yeah. And I really like that idea. It, it, it's not expanded upon how. And there's it's but there's no defense on. of it. There's no he doesn't say but I'm just this old and his mother doesn't say it. He she just no. says you just need to get out of bed. Kind yeah. of go to bed. Kind yeah. of thing. I liked that because it felt you know, that was a moment to me where I felt like that is a that would be a thing like cuz if you're a look like an old man but you're really a 10-year-old why would you think it's wrong to play with a a girl underneath the right. Or why would you? You know, there's definitely, but a lot of it is just mentioned and then never developed, is it? You know, there's there's things. I liked. There's plenty of like little adventures things along the way. They're not really adventures, but you know when he, yeah, he's when, living his life. When he first drinks and you know there's yeah. those things like all of us have done. Uh, he pretty much does what all of us did, have done. He never has any any. This is one thing I realized just looking back and thinking of it. Never has any real joy except in that one time in the life when he's with her and they're young and they get their duplex and Oh yeah, when you know, just that one which looks like it might be a period of a year, maybe two, I don't know. I don't I, it's kind of hard sometimes in the you you get an over idea of how long the movie lasts or how long we're going here but that's the only time. Other than that, he's not a joyful person. He's not a. It's really somber. He's not all like the time. yeah, and he's not um, like Mister Positivity. He's not uh, wise. He's not any of that. He's he's just an observer almost of everything and just kind of like you know coping with anything that comes across. But yeah. there's no like joy in him. He doesn't end up being a youthful young man or even when I mean, he is Brad Pitt like the most handsome dude ever <laughs> he's somber and thoughtful because yeah. you know he's thinking of he also all the knows. things he's seen and, and yeah. he also knows where this is going like because he does mention that a few times like mm-hmm. I understand that I'll be a baby soon right. <laughs> which is really weird <laughs> but not because just the opposite of what we do so wouldn't it be funny if tomorrow that's suddenly how something reversed everything and that was how things are from now on? 
<laughs> All of a sudden? It'd have to be a lot different, wouldn't it? Yeah. You'd have to have... No, because you shrink. I was going to say you'd have to have larger diapers and stuff, but no, you wouldn't. Cause <laughs> no, you, you there, are, cause there are su- diapers for adults now. I'm wearing them now. <laughs> um, so let's get on to the cast of this uh, movie. Uh, I'm not going to be able to pronounce this one, but I'll have a go. So it's... Taraji Tar- P. Henson. Taraji P. Henson as Queenie. So this is um, Benjamin Button's mother, mother slash mother. She runs the old folks home. Yeah. She's really good. She's my favorite part of the whole movie. Yeah. Actually, she is. Yeah. She is good. It's, uh, the movie takes place in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Um, around... Starting in, like, 1918, was 18, he was born, wasn't he? So it's like a... Right after the First World War. It's actually the day... The World War end. First, the big born. war. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um... It's still a time of, like, racism and... Yeah, definitely. You know, um, I don't know. It's that kind of time. It's yes. Just, it's, it's... It seemed a very clear idea of people in their proper class yeah. thing in, from their... Pretty from grim point. as yeah. well. Even though it's a positive time because the, the war just ended. It's a, a grim. And that's... You know, when we said it's all dark and shadowy and stuff, that also adds to that grim mm-hmm. kind of... Because it doesn't really lighten up until about the middle of the movie, does it? But I guess that's how... Um, I think that's why when it does lighten up, I'm not that enthusiastic about it. I mean, I don't mean lighten <laughs> up as in visually. I mean, like... Yeah, I know. Well, all, everything. Yeah, actually. I know. The tone and everything, yeah. Because you're already, you're already given the... <laughs> the you know, the, the deep thoughts to think about life and death. And then, boom, we're in the sort of like... 60s. Heyday of things, and it just sort of passed me by a little bit because I should say I wasn't a fan of the Kate Blanchett character at all, so it was hard for me to get excited about, you know. I didn't, I, you know what I thought about her? I, the character, I don't mean Kate Blanchett's performance, yeah, I mean she's fantastic. the character. I kept thinking, why would he really care about her? She's not very nice, really. No. Don't really like her. But I guess that's part of the. Draw intricacy of love that he's drawn yeah, like to her. he's drawn from it from back when he was a old man slash child. Yeah, it's it's something that lingered with him, isn't it? But for me, I would I don't think I would have pursued her that much. He's very selfish and self indulgent, <laughs> a dancer from the forties, fifties, sixties, and or fifties and sixties, I guess. And you know, I guess because we're seeing him and thinking. You know, this guy's had a rough time, and he's got this thing, and and then she just completely rejects him for no reason, um, really. Just so because to... he rejected her. Mm. Right, you think? It, I think it was just that one was just like a "I'll show you" kind of thing. You know, ah. that's what I picked up from that. I think she was just selfish. I think that moment where he, where he said it's not right. really, t- I, I think that just got to her like she couldn't believe that somebody wouldn't. You know. So I had no affection for her. No, I didn't either. But I guess that was the idea Until of Until she was getting older and, you know. Yeah. So uh, second person in the movie was uh, Jason Fleming as Thomas Button. Now, uh, we know Jason Fleming from Lock, Stock, Lock, and, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels and Extraordinary League, League of Gentlemen. League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Other way around. One of my favorite movies. I love it. Um, English actor. Plays an American guy in this. Yeah, why couldn't he have an English accent? I have no idea. <laughs> I never understand. <laughs> why couldn't Kate Blanchett? 
You know, why couldn't she just be, like, that she had moved here? Why? I don't understand. Why but anyway, he's good. Yeah. He's, um, it's not a massive role. He does reoccur, though. Yeah. And he's important. Really important. He ages slightly. Yeah. And then uh, Tilda Swinton popped up again as a swimmer. Yeah, I, w- I forgot her name. She's not really <laughs> <a> swimmer. <laughs> she swims. Yeah, she's a... Uh, a love interest at some yeah. point in the movie, and um, I, I really, her. That's I one really of my like her. I always, parts of the movie, actually. I, I'm not, you know, I, she's not to me. She doesn't feel like she's been around long. I've not been watching her for long. Like, I don't even know if I think like Narnia was the first time I'd really watched her, mm. and then Michael Clayton. So I don't feel like she's somebody who I've watched for years. But I really enjoy her when she comes in something, even though she burn been, after reading. Yeah, you know, but like, I think Narnia might have been the first time I saw her, the first one. But um, I enjoy her when I see yeah, her, and I, I seem to be seeing her more and more. I enjoyed her more in this, and they were some of my very favorite scenes of the entire movie. I really enjoyed that whole scenario, though. Yep. Like the, well, we don't want to tell them everything. No, the telling of stuff. Yeah. I like that, yeah. Um, and then there's Kate Blanchett as Daisy. We just mentioned the Daisy character. Kate Blanchett does a fine job of playing this character. Fantastic. But the character is not particularly likable. But I guess that's the idea of it, and it's... That you want everyone to sympathize with him and feel bad for him, and and she's just not there, really. No, she's... And she even... She goes through her own thing, I guess. She says, as an old person, I didn't care. I was in my 20s. Like, I didn't even care. He'd come to to say his dad had died, and she didn't care. Like... Right. Which I can relate to, because in your 20s... You don't care, right? You don't really care about anything, do you? Just self-centered, kind of. Totally. So... And some people, when they're 50, they're very self-centered. Yeah. (laughs) On another subject. (laughs) (laughs) So moving on to uh, the uh, unknown actor, Mr. Brad Pitt. First-timer. He's all right. (laughs) Not bad. I think I was a little too distracted again by the... mm, There wasn't a lot of... To me. Now, this is just me. I'm not being hateful. I'm saying there didn't feel like there was a lot of performance there was and there wasn't. There were subtle little eye movements and, and, and expressions that happened in that first section of the movie. Obviously. There's a lot of technology she, going on. Yeah, exactly. More, more than it's piled on top so that you don't get a lot of the personality. There's a lot of frontal stares and looks and like little tips of the head and, and stuff. the part where he is just normal Brad Pitt with nothing going on. He doesn't have much to do in that part. No. There's, like, nothing going on there at all in that section of the movie, apart from him jumping on the bed with her and stuff. But there's no, like, actual... Si- I was thinking when he did get to that part, well, they're going to have a real serious good scene here, but it really skipped past that, and then he was, like, a kid. <laughs> so I don't know why they didn't take the opportunity to actually use Brad Pitt without the I guess because it's not the story. No, because nothing went on in that when he was... When he happened to be the handsome dude. Nothing oh, loads like, of stuff. He did his whole traveling and all that. We just weren't up close to it. Yeah, I didn't see it. So it was like, a mo- time for a montage. We need a montage. But, um, <laughs> and, yeah, Brad Pitt. I still <laughs> like him. I like him a lot. I, I still, I not dislike him. No. Uh, ba- Babel, um, which he also stars in with uh, Kate Blanchett. Blanchett. I, I, if you want to see, I, you know, this one, you know, what? That when one. the guy from the extra said he, he constantly had this furrowed brow or whatever, and I'm like, yeah, his wife had been shot, shot and he's stuck in a country where yeah. he has no help. I really she like might die, movie. and that's why his little forehead was all puckered up all the time. But um, there's a movie for that me. That guy seems sleazy to me. I don't know why. From the extras, he just got on my nerves. <laughs> and, 
So this is directed by David Fincher, um, who also directed Fight Club. A first-timer? Is this a first-timer? No. Well, funnily enough, you'd think David Fincher's made lots and lots of films, but really he's not. Uh, He did Fight Club, Alien 3, Zodiac 7, and some... The Game. The Game, which I've still not seen, and Madonna videos and stuff. I think they're not videos. I think they're, they're collections of stories like a documentaries about those no the immaculate collection is all a video it was an album that she brought out and they did a Paul the video he must have directed he did direct music videos before he directed uh, what was the other group that he did he did George Michael George Michael yeah 25 which was like the right yeah so um you know where I'm I've been a big fan of David Fincher and Zodiac I thought was amazing movie um a lot of people dissed it but I really really thought it was good yeah um and Fight Club is classic, and Seven is classic, right? I mean, those Sevens, two... yeah. Fight Club, it's pretty badass. Fight Club, I. I you always... know what I think about Fight Club is obviously the first time you see it, you're like, "Holy shit!" I mean, what what is this? Yeah, you know what I mean. I'm not gonna say what it no. is. I'm saying, and then like, because the a movie of it, and I don't mean, I mean the whole of it. It's in your face. It's a different style. You get different all kinds of. Film techniques and and it's, storytelling. Um, it's really, and it's, really um, dark and all that kind of stuff. And you're kind of bowled over by it. Now I've seen it a couple of times since the first time I've seen it. Same thing. And I mean, it's still all there. But then it's kind of like, yeah, maybe it's a little more flash than people give it. You know, people give it credit for. It's got a lot of substance and a lot of guts, but and then again, I think people maybe overrate it just a little bit. Don't kill me for that. I'm just no, saying. No, I, I, I rate it very highly. I think I think I rate it highly. I'm just saying it's not the end all beat all of modern movies. The end all beat all. Mm-hmm. That's the phrase. Is it? I thought it was yeah. the end all be all. Oh, maybe. You can call it the beat all. <laughs> Seeing as he's a music video director, okay. beat it. Okay, oh, crap. so now do I don't have to pay for that. Yeah, you have to. You have to give <laughs> Michael some cash, or Paul McCartney, or somebody. Okay, wait. Well, if he comes to this house, I'll give him a quarter. I think he don't think he accepts quarters. He only <laughs> takes paper money. Okay, so um, the curious case of Benjamin Button is uh, we watched the Blu-ray edition, uh, which I think looks fine and really sounded good. I was uh, impressed with the sound on this movie. There was a partic- there was one particular scene as the only action scene in the movie, the se- the war scene on the mm-hmm. boat, that sounded like it was really there. The the gunfire. The that was really good when it when you're in the cabin and it's the fire the guns start firing towards you. Yeah, I was like, like whoa, I've never like, seen that like, before. Yeah, and like the noise they were making almost hurts you. It's so and there was um we forgot to mention the the movie takes place like Titanic, like a flashbacky kind of deal mm-hmm. where it's somebody telling a story. And that where they where them people are is in what? Mm-hmm. Hurricane Katrina's going on, let's just say that. Hurricane Katrina I thought was going on That's, that sounded really convincing you know mm-hmm. in the um, surround sound and stuff so um, this like we said earlier this is a Criterion um, release so it paid a lot of attention to detail on extras and quality of the print and everything. you know it, well it is a 2008 movie it should look pristine really but anyway the extras and there's a lot the extras are actually longer than the movie but they're presented in one big thing that you can just watch as yes. a whole documentary. Very good. Um, and none of that 
picture-in-picture crap or anything? Is there no, just, just straightforward just documentary? second disc that has... All documentary, up close and reviews. A oh, three-hour documentary. You can name what it is and then... Yeah, a three-hour documentary. Anyway, what that documentary entails, and the documentary is under one big banner... But you can go through and actually watch separate parts. But if you just watch it as a whole thing, it actually has interviews with Brad Pitt and Kate Blanchett. On the first disc, there's an audio commentary with David Fincher, which we listened to a bit of, which was cool. You know, if you, I actually like listening to David Fincher. Mm-hmm. I think it's pretty interesting. I have a feeling you're going to go back and listen to that whole I thing. I will. <laughs> um, and what this whole documentary includes, I'm just going to read off the box, is footage revealing the techniques behind the visual effects and makeup. Um step-by-step examination of the motion capture process, in-depth exploration of David Finch's creative process on the set, so there are some fly-on-the-wall type of things, Um, interview with the composer about the score, featurettes on the film, storyboards, costumes, and art direction, still galleries, behind-the-scenes production photos, and, as always, or pretty much as always with a Criterion collection, you um, get a uh, little insert with a uh, essay by uh, I think this one's by a film historian but it's a, there's an actual essay they always this is where some people say Criterion editions are snobby because they, yeah. they include an essay it doesn't really interest me I, I think because I'm not interested in other people's examination or opinions really at all hardly it's a nice thought but it also says a note to the viewer with the exception of certain sequences that were shot on 35mm film, the curious case of Benjamin Button was created in the digital realm without ever being output to a film element and transferred. It was shot on the Viper film stream and the Sony F23 digital camera and colour corrected by Jan Yabra on his baselight system. This high definition master was converted directly from the digital in- intermediate colour space and then it's got all this, like, SMPTE, <laughs> 24 frames per second, 1080p. The original theatrical multi-sound mix was optimized by sound engineer Ken Reese for home video listening. So, you know, Criterion are buffs on this. And you can you can definitely... this. All I can say is you, this, you can Quality. be assured that this would be the best presentation of the movie. Nice menu. Very nice menu, as you pointed out. Easy to use. Yeah, the menu's cr- presented in this kind of old kind of... Uh, Old-timey photo. With an interesting... In fact, on the extras disc, it's a similar kind of... But you hear like, the director talking right, in the background. Right, like this on the set of the movie, making the movie. The cover is... I li- actually like that cover. I've been looking at it all week, and I do like it. It's, uh, you know, it's a little bit away from the... You know, you can just stick the faces on the cover... Yeah. This is just faces on the cover, but there's something classic. Yeah, it has about nothing it. to do with the movie, so I don't really appreciate it. I like for what it is, if it was just a picture of. I wonder why they didn't choose to put an old looking Brad Pitt. Because nobody would watch it. I think because the idea is they, they cross paths in the middle. Mm. But, um, so, it's. Uh, for me, I, I really think this is a. While I was slightly underwhelmed by it because of the problem I had with the uh, weird Gollum character. Oh my god. <laughs> I am still a fan of David Fincher and I do believe it's a really good movie. Oh, it's, it's an excellent I mean, epic. it's quality, it's epic. Yes, it's um, emotional. It's an interesting story. My eyes story. are all poofy because I cried pretty much through the whole thing, only it, just at whatever a really, thoughts. It's a real interesting story. I, I, I can't say... Um, 
And it will make you think, if unless you're some sort of shallow no, bastard. I was thinking think all about life. You'll think about it. what am I doing? What do I do with my life? What have I ever done? Who have I ever affected? Or who's ever affected me? What people along my way have planted in my mind? Certain things that I still live and do. And do I have I ever acknowledged that certain people have had a huge impact on me? When he said the couldn't remember the one woman's name and it's the people you remember the least who have sometimes who have the most impact on you yeah. and i thought oh that you know if you go back through your life and think who influenced you on just little details about things you won't be able to think no and yet you are the person you are because of all the people and that i you think that encountered. is and that and the you know the small things that it does touch on i think it touches on well um some people might say it's boring some people might say it's long i think you should go with it I don't think anybody's going to get over those special effects, though. I really... I think some people are a little overwhelmed, or, like, a little bit too superficial about it, and instantly, I mean, go, oh I, my god, that's awesome. I do believe that it's awesome in parts. I'm not... Because, like I said earlier, I don't think them special effects are terrible, but... And there are parts where I'm like, that is pretty clever, and pretty... But just, that's, um, the, that's the problem, though. You're looking yeah, for the moment. Yeah, when, when you're <laughs> thinking, oh, that's pretty clever, you shouldn't be thinking that. Right. So, it should just be that way the whole time. And I wanted to mention about this documentary that's on the extras before we go off. Um, it is very well done. It's, very um, well done. It's, like, properly produced. It's um, all in high definition, and it's, like, everybody who's involved in the thing, shots of them. Starting from the idea. Yep. Which is a real long and interesting story in itself. Yep. How it how um, the movie came got to made. Be. How, how many Fincher. people it went through. How many rewrite rights happened to it. David Fincher's take on why he would want to do the movie. Yeah. The, the idea of life and death and love versus, you know, what we think about. In, in fact, I just want to say that three-hour documentary that's on the second disc is almost as interesting as the movie itself. Oh, totally. If not more so. It reflects more. You start reflect. I mean, we didn't watch every single minute, we'll be honest. I we will. We watched a lot of it. And Ooh. I mean, we didn't watch, like, the score or the no. premiere. <laughs> Stuff like, things that would get a little bit like, okay, we've seen them make music for movies, and that's great. And we've seen premieres, and that's great. But, but it, we've but seen it, all the... Like, it's movies. great that it's all there, because if you want to follow from its inception, this movie, until its premiere, yep. it will cover every single thing along the way. With interviews, not just vocal interviews, they're actually there in a studio um, with everybody. And David Fincher talking pretty candidly, and Brad Pitt, yep. and everybody. Um, and if you're interested in them special effects and how they're done, and it's actually a lot more elaborate than I thought. Oh, totally. They show you every detail of how they get it done. I mean, when I was watching the movie, I was thinking, oh, I can kind of imagine how they did that. But when I saw it, I was like, whoa, they really went above and beyond to try and yep. create that. It's a shame they didn't fully succeed. <laughs> but anyway. We um, might get some bad feedback on these comments we're making. No, Curious Case of Benjamin Button, I think it's a great film. I think anybody can watch it. It's, I would actually watch it again. Yeah, I would watch it again. It's for it's also, I don't think, I think for all the family, I don't think anybody would be offended or anything. I think it, because it's PG-13. Yeah. I don't think there's anything in there. I mean, you might have trouble sitting your kids in front of it and keeping them. Yeah, it's a little... Into it. I'd be long for a five-year-old. Yeah, but I <laughs> do think it's a good movie. Really, really... Uh, it did. I don't think it won Academy Awards, did it? I don't remember. It doesn't say on the box. It says the Blu-ray is a director approved. But anyway, uh, thank you to Paramount for the uh, Paramount slash Criterion. Criterion didn't give it to us, but no, thank you, Paramount. Paramount. 
uh, for the uh, Blu-ray, and I would say uh, buy uh, one for your shelf because it's one that you would watch again. And it's um, I've seen it for twenty two ninety nine the Blu-ray. You knew what I was going to ask next, didn't you? And I think that documentary. If you were going to get an edition without the documentary, for like two dollars cheaper, I would say pay the two dollars extra for the documentary because there's a single disc of it as well without that. Yeah. Because that documentary is worth it. If you're into how films are made... It is six hours worth of entertainment. It is, totally. (laughs) Solid six hours. And more, if you want to watch the film commentary as well. So it's more. Um, So I wanted to do uh, movie recommendations, and I thought I would choose two titles from the Criterion Collection that I own. They're kind of my favourite two titles. I, I mean, I own more than two Criterion Edition DVDs. And it was hard for me to... And I went and looked through the entire Criterion collection on their site. But I thought, if I don't own it, I can't pick it. So I picked the two that I own. Now, my number one uh, favourite one is Chasing Amy, which um, is my favourite Kevin Smith film. I don't even think it matters that it's a Kevin Smith film. I think it's a good film in its own right. Um, You've probably seen it by now, but it is available on a Criterion edition uh, DVD. Me personally, yes, I've seen it. Yeah, and the other one I chose was Man Bites Dog. That was good. Which is a weird and good French, isn't it? Yeah, I think it is French from like uh, the early fifties or sixties, sixties maybe. Yeah, no, I don't even think it's. I don't even think it was particularly old, was it? Oh, I thought it was. Was it? Oh, you might be right. Um, but anyway, it's a biting satire. Would you say on a serial mm. killer? Is it satire? Yeah, I'd say it was kind of black. It's black, humor. dark, but it's also 1992 quite it was, Man Bites Dog. Pessimistic. It might look like it's a 50s, uh, 60s. It's, it's shot in black and white. It's subtitled. But it's 1992. It was it's not like subtitled if you're not French. Correct. <laughs> um, if you are French, you'll understand it. And there was words. a third one. I know we can't have three recommendations. Of course you can. But, it's your podcast. Well, a third criteria. You own this boat. A, a third criterion release that I own that I really love the addition of is um, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas because it's like um, Criterion did this real special packaging which is like um, artwork uh, and with a clear slipcase that goes over the top that kind of puts the logo in and then the logo comes off it just looks really cool yeah plus it's um, that's got good extras too Look, big long interview with the guy who wrote the book in that criterion style yeah. that, that Talking Heads, yeah, with the... How the um, movie got made, why the movie, all that stuff, yeah. With the repu- the Hunter S. Thompson guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they're my three. And mine, I wanted... I was thinking epic. I want epic. I wanted something big. Those movies that I watch where I feel like I've been on this a long trek with people, you know? Whereas Benjamin... The Curious Case of Benjamin Button is supposed... It takes you through a person's whole life. I didn't feel the... I didn't feel that as much in as I did in these two movies, Gangs of New York, which doesn't cover loads of time in it in the core of the story, but I still felt it was epic. You know the the tale of it all and the changes that were going on, and I just I love that movie. And then by some coincidence, my other one is There Will Be Blood, who also stars what's his face. <laughs> there Will Be Blood is incredible. But... It's amazing. And it uh, it scopes uh, a long period of time. And that one I felt drug through the story in a happy, wonderful, dark way. But I felt like when it was over, I was like, whoa. There's nothing happy. No, but it, I just felt like used up at the end of it, which I think is what an epic should do. And you can think of others, you know, like 
Gone with the Wind and stuff, but you don't feel the same... Forrest Gump, you could put... You could yeah. actually get down to... It's a little more poppy, though. It when, is, but it's feel, a whole... You feel you're like, kind of like... You're kind of like tinkled along, whereas with There Will Be Blood, you are like... It's hard, and it's dark, and I'm it's... i You know, another one for me that I emotional. feel like I went through a whole thing, and you might disagree. Probably. But it's uh, <laughs> Goodfellas. Yeah, and Godfather, for goodness sake. If you watched well, all three. Well, if the- you watched all three Godfather, <laughs> yes, you've been, yeah. through, you've been through the... You've been through the great... Gets, yeah. Uh, the ups and downs, and generally the downs when you get to the end. Yeah. I just mean the Godfather 3. Because it wasn't good. <laughs> and we can say that again, it wasn't good. <laughs> I, had, I had... Oh, you know, when we watched it on Blu-ray recently and we reviewed it, I had it in my mind that I'd watched it all three ten years ago. Maybe twelve years ago. I had it in my mind that, well, you know, that was 12 years ago. God, And I thought Godfather 3 was bad then. So maybe but I had it in my mind that it probably wasn't that bad. I was probably just... <laughs> it was. It was. It really, really was. It was like out there. It wasn't even like it was part of... It was like, what the hell's going on now? Like, it, it got strung on, wrong, off topic, but still, I agree. But yeah, um, uh, Casino and Goodfellas, those two, I feel... Because they're pretty long. Casino takes you on a long journey with people, too. Throughout, Yeah, you know, a whole decade, more than that. Um, And you feel like, at the end, you feel like... Avalon does, too. That takes you through a lot of... Which one? Avalon and Coming to America. I think both of those are kind of, like, old-time... Coming to America, Eddie Murphy. No, that's not the one I'm thinking of. I think it's called Coming to America. You mean, like, A Bronx Tale, or... No, it's like that. Not like a Bronx Tale, but Avalon is one of those for sure. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> I've never heard of it. Well, you know, another one for me, Grease, the musical. Does that span a lot of time? No, it's all eyes. Okay, then. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to throw that one in. Uh, you know why that came to me, Ed? You said, you said Avalon, and the guy who sings the song, Grease, is Frankie Avalon. Ah. Uh, and then I said right. he. <laughs> okay, so uh, let's move on to contests. We've got two new contests on the site this week, if you want to go and check them out. Um, the first one is to win the first season of CSI on Blu-ray disc. Wow. Which is a This prize. is news to me. That's a good prize. Uh, and the <laughs> second one is to... You know what? I'm going to have to look this up. Oh, dear. Contest. The second one is to win the... Let me just... Yes. The fifth season of Boston Legal on DVD. The fifth season. Yeah. Therefore, so, if you haven't been watching Boston Legal, you'll need to go win series seasons one through four, and then you can come back. Well, the, the CSI hasn't been put in high definition yet, and the first season is on Blu-ray disc, and it, I think it costs around $100. It's so just it's CSI. Good, there's no Miami, original, there's no the New one, York. Probably the, I don't watch CSI, but probably the best one, I imagine, because the original one, right? I don't not, know. It's not an offshoot. I think I've watched two episodes of the entirety of all those series. But anyway, the Blu-ray disc of the first whole season costs about $100, and you can win it for nothing. Just go to the site and enter. Um, bada-bing, bada-boom. Game... Uh, oh, next week's uh, review will be Frost Nixon on Blu-ray disc. Very good. Um, um, another one I'm looking forward to. Very good. Are you? Yes. You know about that story? Somewhat. See, I being brought well we'll talk about it next week okay <laughs> alright games and ace I'll research it yeah before next week yeah I'll research it after you've seen the movie because it might yeah 
it's interesting sometimes a movie that's based on real things to not know about those real things like Harvey Milk yeah and because I knew nothing about it. you can't Harvey. claim that we're learning things from a movie no but what I'm saying is it's interesting <laughs> it's interesting to be because I probably everybody knows the story of Harvey Milk I bet not, not. me I bet and then I watched the movie and there was actual genuine surprises in that movie for me which wouldn't if I knew the story that's what I'm saying so it's best to be ignorant, is what I'm saying. Don't learn anything. <laughs> don't go ever, into movies. Don't ever fresh. read books. Don't ever go to school. <laughs> Just wait until you're about twenty and then start, start watching, watching movies. movies. <laughs> and then when you watch stuff like The Queen or, uh, you know, <laughs> Titanic, yeah, or Pearl Harbor, yeah, Titan- then that's history. That is you'll the real like, life history. There were cameras there ta- when it happened. <laughs> you'll be watching Titanic. You'll be like, holy shit, the boat's going <laughs> an iceberg. No way. Because. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's it. That's the key to enjoying movies to the fullest. Oh, dear. Is this the advice I'm supposed to give to my young nieces and nephews? Just don't do any don't, educating Don't go yourself. anywhere. Just lock yourself in the basement. And we'll just feed you movies. <laughs> no books. No video games. Well, video games can teach you, too, I'm supposed. I'm sure you'll say. Comic books. Right, so moving on to video games. Good segue. Games and A-Schooly stuff. Games and A-Schooly stuff. So this week I've been playing... Um, well, this week's the big release of the Wolverine Origins movie in the cinemas. So to celebrate that, we didn't go to see it. <laughs> we des- I decided to play the uh, video game. Which I am surprised, surprised to say. Surprised and happy. And from what I've heard about the movie so far from friends, and the video game is has pulled off one of those things that very rarely happens is better than the movie now generally you have no idea just what people bullshit about come on no not bullshit I um have ooh my things are going crazy people are talking to I you. have um I, I from seeing the trailer of the new Wolverine movie didn't actually movies like that usually catch my attention pretty quick that one didn't did it you? yeah actually did because I like that guy the yeah. other guy who's in it Live Shrek. And I have no idea why. I have no clue why, because I haven't liked most of the movies he's ever been in, but for some reason I am just uncomfortable. But the action scenes and stuff in the trailer, to me... Now, anyway, regardless regardless of that, the, the game is like how I always wanted Wolverine to be. Like, absolutely bloodthirsty. I mean, the guy's got adamantium claws, for Christ's sake. He's like a... Adamantium? Yeah, that's the metal that his, his exoskeleton is made out of. Adamant? Adamantium. Oh, not like adamant, like with the wake up on the eyes. Adamant. Yeah, made out of his skeleton. <laughs> no, anyway. Did you say not to educate ourselves? I'm doing a fine job of that. So this uh, this game is like a evil, brutal version of Wolverine. I'm, I'm not saying he's evil. I'm saying when Wolverine slices you with his claws, you don't just fall over. Your arms, your legs fly off. It's it's. It's a full-on, no-holds-barred Wolverine. That's how I wanted Wolverine movie to be. But you obviously couldn't in the X-Men. It was aimed at kids and, you know, that audiences. I don't know if this new movie has gone this far as the game, but the game's brutal. Like, you can disembowel people, you chop people's heads off. So you're saying from your impression of the trailer and some, from what some people have said, you, you're you not interested in the movie. No, can I will watch one. I, I know you watch it, but can I remind you of how excited you were to see the core? That's all I'm going to say. And that looked really good, but it was bad. That's what I'm saying. I thought this looked like mediocre, maybe it'll be good. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, you have no idea. Maybe. Because people don't, you know... Zzz. 
Um, next. But the, no, not next. The ga- the, so the game Wolverine is like a um, hack and slash kind of game. It's pretty much straight up. Like you go through each level, you hack and slash stuff, you find some stuff. Um, I finished it yesterday. You kill a you kill a few bosses. It doesn't follow the story of the movie, but it kind of follows the story of the movie. They've actually made there's some huge scenes in the game that aren't in the movie, but they decided to throw some of the some of Wolverine's other foes in that won't appear in the movie. Right. Um, I think it's excellent. Really, really excellent. It's it's even you know when I was thinking, oh, is it worth a sixty dollar game? It actually kind of is because it's got replay too. You know. Hmm. There's not many games that are worth the $60. I think you should never, ever, ever say to anybody, ever, that a game is worth $60. No, I'm just saying, games cost $60, what I'm saying. Um, And then when, you know, when he's recommending a game to somebody, and they'll say, well, you know, this game is pretty good, but I'd probably pay 40 for it. You didn't seem to play it very, I mean, it didn't last very long. Uh, It took me four nights, and I played like four or five hours each time, so... That's pretty... And I've only done the medium difficulty. You can go back and do the hard. I probably wouldn't go back and do the hard. There's not mega incentive to do it, you know. Um, but I recommend it. If if you like Wolverine, which I don't particularly, if you like, you know, comic book characters, because it is his origin story, and you do get to see how it all... Go, why he's got the claws and stuff. You do get to see the whole thing. So um, I'd recommend it. And it's out on the 360 and the PS3 and the Wii... But the Wii version is a kiddie-fied version. Wow. It has nothing to do with the... <laughs> See, they, they called the 360 and the PS3 version Wolverine the Uncaged Edition, whereas the Wii version is just called Wolverine. So the Uncaged Edition is the one where you can chop people's heads off and stuff. Right. The Wii version is the one where you wave your arms around in the air and look stupid. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, slash, slash, yeah. slash. That doesn't look stupid. This looks like you're playing a game. No, it looks... Li- Whenever did you play a game waving your arms around in the air before the Wii came along? I'm saying I don't think it looks stupid. I think it's a bit harsh. I can't get behind the Wii. Um, I don't own one. I know what it is. I know what it does. I've seen enough people playing it. I like to play a game like... I like to kick my feet up, sit back, relax, play a game. I don't think I could play any game for an extended period of time where my arms are out in front of me. Yeah, but that's not how every game is. Um, 99% of them you have to No, there was one right at the store, Best Buy, the other day. We were there, and it was set up like a kiosk, and you just stood there like this, and you barely moved. You used your left thumb, da-da-da-da, and you barely moved the right thing. Like, barely. Well, it depends what game you're playing, but most of them involve waggling, or to get out of a lock, you have to do this. I I just don't want to do that. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? It doesn't make it stupid. That's all I'm saying. I didn't say it was stupid. I said I can't get behind games (laughs) where you have to do this with your arms. Plus, you know... I was always a big fan of Nintendo, but that it kind of put me off the uh, whole motiony controls. And now I heard this week that Microsoft is going to be adding motion controls to the 360 as an optional thing. I don't think it will take off because when it's something that everybody hasn't got, when you add it as an afterthought, only a majority of people are going to even have a go at it, aren't they? Yeah. Like the camera. You mean the- a minority. Yeah, no, like the camera for the 360. If the camera came built into the 360 or with the 360, then more games that support it would come out. Like, everybody would be putting camera support in. But because it's like a thing that you have to go off and buy, nobody bothers putting it in the game. But when it's put in the games, the cameras, like Burnout, 
where you can take your own photo or when you crash send your photo to the other people it works good mm-hmm. but people just they, you find these developers don't bother with it so that's Wolverine I recommend it highly the other game I've been playing is Ninja Blade which is pretty much the same as Wolverine to be honest but you're a ninja you slice people you dice people <laughs> you slice bosses you press buttons at the correct time to initiate big things it's kind of like a massive big Hollywood blockbuster done on, but it feels cheap. Cause right. Because you, you have no, because he's a he's just got, he's a ninja. He's got a stupid name as well. I said to you, this ninja's called Jeff or something. Kevin, wasn't it? It's it's a name as it might it might not be Jeff or Kevin, but it's as unassuming <laughs> as those names. Right. It's like hey, Ninja Jeff. It's it's really. Um, yeah, and why do you have a problem with that? I'm not sure I understand. Well, the whole thing is done like. I haven't seen you play this one, so I can't. In this really big comment. blockbuster style, you know, big. All right, for one, for one thing, you're on a motorbike, you're riding up a dragon's back, you're stabbing it in the head. You know, it's huge, it's cool, it looks good. But there's yeah. nothing because it's not a, not an established thing like Wolverine or whatever or anything. Plus, it's also done by this obscure. It doesn't seem fair, though, does it? That it has to be attached to something that you're... That's not what I mean. You just There's something about it you can't get behind. Oh, one thing that's really interesting is all your ninja people, they're Americans, right? Right. And then every so often, for no... Like, you'll be, they'll be going, Hey, Jeff, stab it in the heart! You know, somebody over the radio. And then, then a cutscene will happen, and Jeff is talking to somebody... And everybody's talking Japanese all of a sudden with no subtitles. Right. And then you're like, did they just, did they do that and not expect us to notice or what? What the hell's going on? Then all of a sudden they're talking American again and there's no explanation. It's not like, hey, these are really Japanese people who are acting like... Sounds a little bit like Bond's three-day ninja training. Remember that? (laughs) I think these guys went on one-day ninja training, to be honest. (laughs) But it it was... um, it's kind of interesting, but it's a real rental for me. You won't spend 20 hours doing it. No, mm-hmm. I as soon as Wolverine came along, I kind of ditched it, you know. I might go back to it, but... Uh, and then another game I'm playing, which I can't put down, which is crazy. It's a Nintendo DS game. So, see, I'm still about Nintendo. Mm-hmm. And this, this Nintendo DS game is called Rhythm Heaven. And it's a rhythm game on the DS, which involves tapping the screen along to music and stuff. And it's absolutely addictive. <laughs> it's it's crazy. Um, you've got to be really on the rhythm. I have to. I find I have to play it with my earphones in, otherwise I can't do it. If if I'm sat there playing it and somebody even utters one word <laughs> in another part of the house and I hear it, I'm completely off. You can't. You've got to be exactly on the rhythm. And it's a collection of mini games by the people who created WarioWare. Hmm. And it's bizarre Japanese minigames where alright one of them for instance you're a monkey there's a Japanese pop idol on the stage who sings a song and when she says I suppose when part of the lyrics of a song is I suppose when she says that you have to tap 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 jump like <laughs> by, by tap 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 slide like that on the pad so you've got to you know it's right. and it's trickier than it sounds I'm not into rhythm games because I'm crap and I don't want to take the patience to learn it so I find I actually really enjoy I really enjoy rhythm games I I love Guitar Hero I I can't say I'm an expert I play it on medium and I can get along I I can get perfect score I can do a perfect song on medium when it gets to hard I'm 
completely out of my element. I just can't do it. You never know. You haven't played for a while. You gotta pick it up. I played Guitar on Metallica just recently, all the way through. Did you play those two games I bought you recently? Not the yet. Ten dollar ones. Just the one of those. Remember. I bought you two. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> all right. So, I physically went to get them. I think that counts. So yeah, Rhythm Heaven is from Nintendo. It's on the DS. It's really fun. Um, and if rhythm games are your thing, you might not think about one on the DS, but it actually works really well. Make sure you put your headphones on that. Uh, what have you got for this week? Well, I've been playing a handheld game as well, as okay. you know. <laughs> you are so unimpressed with my... Although I did challenge you to a game. It is Checkers on the Zune. And I've gotten to where now I win every single game. So it's losing its its thrill because I've figured out all the little... I don't know strategies or anything. I just have kind of gotten the thing. I challenge you to a game. You get down to like four pieces. I had a queen. You're like, well, that's it. I'm going to lose. I'm giving up. And I'm like, you don't know that. Just keep... I've played no, enough checkers in my life to know. But no, you did, You had, You had. just didn't go on. You, had- you totally sucked the fun out of it. So I didn't ask you for another game. So that's what I've been playing. I'm well, looking forward to Sims 3. But after what you told me about the possibility of having to buy shit... Not a possibility. It's an actual fact. Do they want to just stamp the life out of this game completely? Because I'll be pissed if it's not fun. I'll just go back to the original and buy me The game one. will be fun, I can tell you. How can it be fun if I have to pay for everything? You don't have to pay for everything. They yeah, but if I pay 60 bucks, You'll get a I'm bunch of stuff with the game. extremely resistant No, to. it's 50 Whatever. 50 is even too much. I'm extremely <laughs> resistant to pay $50. That's more than my monthly... Whatever. Water, sewer, and half my electric Then steal bill. it from the internet. <laughs> well, I gotta steal it. I'm just saying. That's still too much. And then on top of that, if I am building my house and they go, oh, but if you want this color paint, you have to pay a dollar. It's not that. That's bullshit. It isn't that. You, right. You'll get... There's an RGB chart for your paints and everything. You can have any color paint you want. Um, that was just an example. I'm saying yeah, you want well, a chair no, what or I'm a table is, or What I'm saying is what, what is going to be in there is... Designer clothing. If you want a Nike oh, t-shirt, yeah. you can buy it. You won't be interested nope. in that anyway. You'll just use the That's clothes. That's um, They will also put in their designer furniture, Ikea and people like that. <clears throat> Instead of putting out these add-on packs, Ikea will just throw a bunch of furniture in there and you'll pay a dollar a piece or whatever. You don't have to have that. And what it'll, it'll come with enough stuff to play with. It's just after the it's fact. It's still bullshit to add on stuff. and. To I can see the your... reasoning behind it. People do use this microtransaction thing. Yeah, because they've been... They accept it. It's bullshit. I also want to mention another thing on my game thing, mm. which uh, was supposed to be in there, but there's a gap and then the... I didn't do that. Um, I didn't do that. The uh, <laughs> Another game is Sony Online Entertainment, of part of this, like a World of Warcraft... Oh, yeah. Um, ...competitor, I would say. It's called Free Realms. You can go to www.freerealms.com. R-E-A-L-M-S? Yes. Um, it's absolutely free to play. Uh, it plays through your browser, but it looks like a real... You saw it. Mm-hmm. It absolutely looks... Looks amazing. And it plays in 1080p in that full resolution. It looks really good. It takes about three minutes to download, and then it streams as you're playing, so you never even notice it loading stuff. Um, it's just like World of Warcraft. It's kind of skewed a little bit towards kiddies. I don't mean kiddies, but I mean... The it visual so style is a little cutesy. Cutesy, colourful, chunky. It looks good, though. Um, and what I really liked is, like, in normal games like this, World of Warcraft games, they'll say, go and kill 
a toad and bring back its head. So you go and find one, you press your button on it a few times and then the toad's head appears and then you take it back. Well, how this one worked was I had to go and do go and collect something from somewhere. And when I got there, it said, okay, now you're going to be collecting the thing and it's an ingredient. And then this whole, you know, like Bejeweled. Mm-hmm. A Bejeweled game comes up and you've got to win that game to actually collect the ingredient. Ah. Which... To me, I was quite surprised. I was like, wow, that's actually fun. Because like, I like playing these kind of games. You know, matching the jewels. and. But you're taken out of the reality, the semi-reality of the game to play? Well, it's not everything. I'm just saying there was stuff like that added. And then, then it wanted me to cook something for somebody. And like that's you saw, right. there was like a Cooking Mama style game, but with your mouse. And that worked really well. So there's stuff in there that I've not seen in a game before. Like more casually style stuff. But there again, there's also this role-playing element. And it's totally free. Anybody can play it. Unless you want to buy additional things. Yeah, and I found that I got to a certain area. I've been playing for like three or four hours. Because there's a certain area, and there's this guy stood there, and you can click on him, and he says, like, to do these high-level quests, you can pay a monthly fee like you do with Warcraft. But these aren't required. It's just more if you want them. So I think it's, it's absolutely free. Why not try it? Anyway, continue. Oh, thanks. Thanks very much. Uh, where was I? What's for dinner? We're going to have tuna subs. I think that sounds quite good. Homemade tuna subs. It does. Subs. I'm absolutely hungry now. Uh, I also want to talk about the other day we went to the bookstore and to the library, which is also on my list, that I have not been to the library apparently since 2002, and I have no idea why I would have gone to the library then, so I had to renew my library card. It's quite fun in there. I, I love the library. I don't go to the library because I can't read. <laughs> <laughs> That's a shame. Um, so I got a book by the author who wrote the book Blindness, which was... What, oh, okay. Yeah, it's what the movie was based on. So it's not Blindness or Seeing, it's the, it's another one of his books. I got that at the library, and then at the bookstore, I got a beginner's guide to drawing cartoons. And I just... I'm at a loss to be able to do little cartoony so, characters, so I bought up. that. And, so... Can we expect in the future the A. Scully and Sid Talk after the show cartoon? You mean like animated series or no, just a like drawing? No, like, <laughs> like a panel. Yeah, that'd be great. That'd be funny. We could have like you could like a Penny Arcade thing. No, I don't want to be like Penny I don't mean Arcade. like Penny Arcade. I mean like that. Like a three-panel thing with, with us. You know. No, because I don't think I'm that ambitious. Well, I think, that should, I think you should actually <laughs> get the ambition because that sounds like a good idea. Why? Just because somebody else did it already? No. <laughs> you just said, like, the your game. No, that's not what I meant, though. It'd be I'm, fun. I'll I draw the like, characters. Like a character, yeah. I'll work on it. That's what the book hopefully will... And it's just a beginner. I mean, we're talking... And I have always wanted, guy. you know, our little... On com where we have, like... Where we post the podcast and it has a picture of me and you with the... Mm-hmm. I've always wanted that to be cartoon versions of us. But I did it kind of computer really. drawing. No, they're not computery drawing. Yeah, but I always wanted that to be actual, like we're character in a comic right. book. But it's us, so okay. maybe you can maybe change that up. I'm learning about shapes of heads and noses and chins and bodies and ap- what's this? Adam's apple. Yeah, <laughs> Adam and this was, yes. Adam's apple. <laughs> Wolverine was actually constructed from the bones of adamant, <laughs> and he's a dandy highwayman. <laughs> I don't know what that means. And uh, I just Stand and deliver. We've had a, an issue with poetry this week because we have a sixth grader around who has been given a poetry project, and his attitude is, "What's the point? 
You know, poetry's poetry for is quiz. stupid. He did not say that. <laughs> That's a horrible thing to say, first of all. And he's not like that. He doesn't think like that. I, he's not a you, jerk. You get mis mixed drift. That's from a movie. I know, but what I'm saying is that's, that's a quote. I'm just saying. I'm saying he. I'm not saying he did that. Okay. I was just doing that to clarify. He just was like, "What's the point? It's just stupid. I don't like it. I don't get it." And when I try to think, because he's been doing poorly in this one particular class, and I was coming to the conclusion, you know. This teacher wants them to write a whole bunch of poems. Which is fair enough. Well, it depends if it's fair. If it's in a week-long period, you can't force children to sit down. You said it, it, you said it didn't think it was a week. I don't know that. It could be two weeks, and she wants at least 15 poems of all different kinds, I guess. I don't know. But that seems really demanding. That's like making somebody sit down and just draw 15 pictures and draw 15 paint pictures. That's what you do when you're at school. You have to do the the work that's submitted. No, but creative work is different, and that's why I brought it up. It's different than sitting down and doing 100 math problems. Creativity is like, it actually just has to come from in you. Not everybody can do that or wants to do it. So it's a hard subject when you're a kid. Because I don't remember... I remember being forced, obviously, to go through courses and stuff, but I didn't... My mother wasn't the type who really cared if I had my homework done and all that kind of stuff. So I probably didn't plow through the subjects I didn't like at all. I never paid attention in science or math. Uh, obviously, probably history and <laughs> social events, <laughs> current events and all that kind of stuff. But it's just an interesting thing to look from an adult perspective and think, well, okay, if he doesn't like poetry, why... He'll learn it at some point, and he'll stumble across it. If he's going to love it, he's going to love it. If not now, then it's a hard thing to grade and to force onto someone, I think. But they will. I understand that, but I'm saying it's a very difficult and thing how, to force Yeah, and how I said is you either do it or you don't. If you make the decision not to, you just have to take the bad grade, right? Yeah, but it's a creative thing. That's what I'm saying. How could it be such a... Like, it's not a creative writing class, so it's just one of those things. I wonder if anyone else has that same issue with that grade age range you know that's it okay, that's all so, I've got so uh, thank you for listening to the podcast I want to remind you about the websites aschoolie.com sidtalk.com aschoolie.com slash no twitter <laughs> twitter.com slash aschoolie twitter.com slash sidtalk thanks to all the followers I've got this week I got 25 new followers this week which is the most I've had in one every time I went to my email it said such and such is following you on twitter the most you've had in your whole life the whole most I've had in yeah, Twitter life. Yeah, the most I've had in my whole life. Um, <laughs> we've also got Xbox Live, basically Live. I'm called. You're called Sid Talk. Uh, Facebook.com Mafia Wars. Add me to your mafia. Um, you can find this podcast on the iTunes Music Store, the Zoom Marketplace, the RSS feed on Aschoolie.com. Go to the word podcast, click it, listen to all 68 podcasts, and report back to us with your findings. <laughs> Or subscribe and just listen to it through whatever. But first, watch the movie, listen to the podcast. Watch the movie, listen to the podcast. Watch the movie, listen... And then watch all the recommended movies. And all the extras, too, (laughs) for each movie. (laughs) And have all this done by next week. Yeah. And uh, we'll give you a grade. And write 15 poems. Yep. (laughs) Um, And we'll give you a grade on that next week. Uh, And you can email aschoolie at aschoolie.com. Don't email sidtalkasidtalk.com. And... (laughs) Stay classy, and thank you for listening. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you extremely a lot for listening, because I've been listening to my podcast this week, too, a couple here and there. I don't listen to a lot. And I find they become part of your weekly thing, right? And then when either one of the other, one of the people isn't on it, you know, like we listen to 
cheap ass gamer. And I was going to say, can I put a shout out to the shipwrecks? Where the hell's your podcast? Yeah, gone. where's it gone? I think I've I'm done missing them though. I think they kind of lost their luster there. What so. happens is like what happens with that the shipwrecks one for me is I really like listening to it, and uh, when it does come along now, which seems to be like once a month. It's not. It's too little, too late, kind yeah, of. Yeah, like, unfortunately, and they always they don't seem as into it. Either. Nope, they're totally over it. I think so. But what I'm saying is, just you know, I know what it's like to make the effort to find a podcast and to download it, put it on your MP3 player or your computer, to take the time to listen to it. I do. I listen while I do other things. But yet, you are making an effort to listen to this right now, and I think that's. Uh, I appreciate it. So and stay, uh, stay classy. What? No, what? Stay classy. <gasps> yeah, what are you saying? My I was my punchline. <laughs> nice. Punchline. Uh, I, I stole the punchline from Ron Burgundy. Correct. And I'm going to say, think for yourself. If you don't think for yourself in this life, someone else will come along and do and it. And you're for also you. going to say my punchline too. Go on. No, you didn't let me finish mine. I'm going to say it again. You think for yourself because if you don't do it, someone else will come along and do it for you. And stay classy. San Diego. <laughs>